Hello, NetSuite Podcast listeners. I'm Ian McHugh, a co-host of this podcast, and today I'm really excited to chat with Mark Chuburka, the NetSuite Administrator at BirdRock Brands. BirdRock Brands is a home goods retailer that sells a wide array of products, from serving dishes to pet supplies. Mark starts by sharing how the business got its start, selling a handful of niche products in warehouse stores. But its big break came when it listed its products on Amazon, which led to hockey stick growth. The sudden spike in orders quickly presented the need for something better than QuickBooks and spreadsheets, a system that could provide the real-time data BirdRock needed to cut it as a seller-fulfilled prime vendor. The company went live on NetSuite in 2018, and Mark walks through how it immediately improved inventory management and fulfillment across multiple warehouses. The admin details how NetSuite was the foundation for further automation, including NetSuite connectors that pull in sales from Amazon and Walmart marketplaces. From there, Mark details why BirdRock added NetSuite Analytics Warehouse and how that tool has helped it measure true product profitability and optimize warehouse space. He also breaks down the key differences between NetSuite Analytics Warehouse and NetSuite's standard reporting capabilities. Mark wraps up by describing the benefits BirdRock has seen with NetSuite Suite Commerce and NetSuite Learning Cloud support. All that and more is coming up next, so stay tuned. You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. So to start, Mark, could you just tell us a little bit more about the business kind of behind Bird Rock Brands. What do you guys sell and, and who do you sell to? Sure, happy to. Um, so Bird Rock Brands, uh, we've been around since 2008. We sell, for lack of a better term, home goods. Things for your uh, living room, small furniture, kitchen, gadgets, uh, serving boards, uh, bar sets, a lot of stuff for the yard now, ranging from lawn chairs to fire pots to uh, pet supplies which has been a big part of our business. So pet gates, pet feeders, pet cages. And then of course, uh, with winter approaching, we do a lot of business with ice scrapers and brushes. So there's an awful lot of that uh, getting ready to hit us, I'm sure. What was kind of the initial idea that, that led your founder, Adam Waxman, to, to start this company? Well, Adam, uh, like I said, he started in 2008. Uh, he started making lap desks for Costco, actually. So he saw this opportunity to kind of make higher quality, not just plastic trays, and began with that. So started with a simple project, uh, began sourcing overseas, expanding into other areas. Uh, the next thing was seagrass furniture. And from there, we've grown into, we now have about 1,200 active SKUs. So there's a big range of products, uh, all from those just initial lap desks. And was it as simple as he just saw that there there weren't great lap desks out there and thought that that's something I could sell? I'm sure he thought that's something I can sell. Um, <laughs> yes, he's been he's very very good at he's probably listening to this. He's very very good though at identifying product trends, uh, getting ahead of it. We have a whole product team now that does it. But in the early days, you know, just looking for for quality things and a lot of you know, everybody says we make quality things but he's very serious about it you know, it comes in and it isn't right we don't sell it uh, so he's got a real attitude of this is our this is our family this is our business so we're going to do it right and like you said this company started back in 2008 15 years old at, at this point which is you know hard to believe 2008 doesn't feel like that long ago but but it is um could you just give us a sense of of how much bird rock has has grown and expanded since then uh well from one person <laughs> 
to a, a, gr- a group of three or four that uh, was basically working out of a building, a warehouse that they also tried to do the business in. A lot of Excel, a lot of uh, you know, everybody did everything. They loaded boxes, they put them on trucks, they ordered products, they collected invoices, you know, just to make it work. Now we've got um, close to 50 full-time people, uh, primarily in the United States. We have three warehouses, uh, two on the East Coast and one in the West, and an office in China also that does a lot of our sourcing and works with our factories to make sure that we're, you know, doing everything right over there to, to bring in good stuff. What do you kind of attribute that success to? How do you think the company's been able to, to grow so much and open these offices and work with all these these big different online and offline retailers? Well, we the big change for us was about six odd years ago, uh, just before we implemented NetSuite. And that was when Amazon launched their Seller Fulfilled Prime service, which gave, gives the company the opportunity to act as if you're Amazon and get the Prime badge. You have to meet a whole lot of metrics. You have to basically be able to meet everything that Amazon does. And he saw that opportunity and said, we can do that. And so we get two warehouses going, and we're going to be able to hit the two-day shipping. And then they kind of looked around and said, but if we're going to do that, we're going to need some tech, and we're going to need some real infrastructure, because you can't run things like that off of you know startup-level technologies. You got into it a little bit there, but could you just kind of explain like what Seller Fulfill Prime requires from, from your end? Because it's not a common arrangement, right? Most Prime stuff is held by Amazon, mm-hmm. managed by Amazon. That's not the case with what, what you guys do. Right. It is. Um, it has been a, a very exclusive program. They actually turned it off and said, if you're in, you can stay. If you, however, drop below the metrics they give you, and that's everything from, um, and I'm not an expert on this, but everything from page views, but especially on-time shipments, on-time deliveries, low return rates, you know, quality listings. There's a whole lot of things that go into it. Now, Amazon did reopen the program on October 1st, so they are letting companies reapply and start going in. They've made some changes to the program, but we've been able to hold on this entire time and not lose the uh, the SFP, you know, the seller for hold prime status. So in addition to Amazon, which is obviously a very important channel for you guys, but what are some other digital and, and physical channels that, that you sell through? Well, a lot of our businesses warehouse clubs around the world, so Costco, uh, both in the U.S., but also in other countries. Uh, we're now in Sam's Clubs as well. And, you know, that's been a great business for us. And not as many products, obviously, but, you know, it lets us put some really neat stuff out there in the marketplace. We sell a lot of e-commerce channels. Uh, Walmart Marketplace, uh, we're on Target, uh, even on, on their Target Plus program. We're one of the v- vendors there. We are on companies like Wayfair and Overstock. We do a lot with Chewy, with Pet Supplies. And, of course, we've got our own uh, web store. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so I know this was a little bit before your time, Mark, but but what kind of problems or, or limitations did Burger Rock face with some of its previous systems as they as they were growing and, and evolving? Well, you know, like I say, the big change came when we exploded into the Amazon market. Um, we'd been running one warehouse out of Reno, uh, shipping to vendors, some of the e-commerce that I've mentioned, but it was you know smaller smaller volumes and things. Uh, but you can't really well you can't do seller fulfilled Prime with without a real time or near real time that's the administrator in me system you have to have data going back and forth we have received it we have cl- we clear it we we know that here's the tracking information back and amazon posts it says it's on the way because you've got two days to get things in some cases one so it was a kind of situation where there was not going to be a a quickbooks-esque solution a great product for building yourself up but when you get to a certain point 
There's, that's your accounting. We had to in integrate all that accounting, all that reconciliation with Amazon, all of the real-time operations, all the commitments that, okay, we have shipped this product. We have put it on a truck. And we probably could have piecemealed that together with a lot of people sitting around typing very fast. But, uh, you know, in the slow season, we're doing 1,000 shipments a day. In the busy season, it's, you know, ten to 15,000 shipments a day. You have to, you, economy of scale is not an option. And, and was it kind of QuickBooks for accounting, spreadsheets for, for inventory in the pre-NetSuite days? Again, not there, like you said, but from my understanding, it was some pretty basic tools, which is great. You, we built the business up and then realized when it was time to, to evolve. And do you think that being an Amazon Prime seller and having these really strict requirements that, that you just that you just kind of laid out a, a little earlier, was that, you think, a big decision why they had to, had to move on? Absolutely. Probably probably the driving decision. It was a great opportunity for us to transform the company. So 2018, Bird Rock goes live on NetSuite. Um, what do you think were some of the biggest benefits the company saw right away after they, they started using NetSuite? Well, they hired me. No. Uh, <laughs> and I'm grateful they did. But, um, well, obviously, we were able to start getting that real-time data or the near real-time data going back and forth. We could track, you know, all the inventory at each location, we could take advantage of customizations that were, I guess, I guess the word isn't difficult to create, but interesting to create, to allow for like routing products to the right warehouses as the orders came in from across the country, to be able to track how many we have and kind of get an idea, okay, how many do we need to send? And really, so all of a sudden, everything's together. Uh, different companies use different ways to centralize. We start at the item level, and that spreads out to accounting and inventory and sales and, and returns or credit memos. It's, we, we, we're kind of item-centric, and it allows us to just unite under whatever skew and see exactly how it's doing and where it needs to be and when. And were there any specific business processes that you think of when you think of how NetSuite kind of automated and, and improved things? <laughs> the entire order to cash system. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the easiest answer. Uh, at, at initial launch, that was a major part of it. So the company went live in the spring, and they hired me in the summer. So it had been, implementation was done, and it was a few months later. And um, I believe the uh, the conversation probably went something like, "Oh, this is a lot. We should have, probably have a NetSuite administrator." So I'm, you know, as I said, grateful they hired me. But it's also been a, been a really neat ride. So. When I got in, and a lot of it was just kind of learning the system, seeing what customizations had gone in an implementation, and you know, realizing over the next six, seven months how reality now was starting to impact that. Because it's great to do it on paper, and implementation, it's a tricky process, mm -hmm. but that next six months was almost like a kind of reshaping of that implementation to kind of take advantage of some, some things that I was able to bring in and have daily conversations like we really should be doing this can we tweak that and so while we got had the process rolling by a year later it was rolling very smoothly you know we could get things in and out and we were at that point starting to say well amazon's great now we want to expand to other things grow the product lines grow the other other customers grow, you know do more automation so you said that you kind of helped reshape things when you came on board you know make sure they were let's say getting more out in that suite or figuring out the best ways to use it could you be more specific or share any more about some of like your immediate priorities, immediate things you wanted to improve when you showed up? One issue is, um, it really isn't even an issue. One way we would do business is we manufacture overseas for pretty much all of our products, mostly China, but also India. We now, Spain has just come online, so we're going to be making things there. But we get everything brought to us over boxed. 
It's got our labels, it's got our, our UPC codes, it's got our part numbers, everything's ready to go as a unit. So we don't pick, pack, and ship, we pick and ship. And that leads to some very interesting label designs and some very interesting, you know, we, it's not a pick ticket, we want it to be a certain way. So we had some partner software that we, were, that we still work with and that allows you to do some customizations there. So kind of working with them to kind of tweak those customizations as we kind of optimize NetSuite. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of going in and looking at the, the custom code that was written, looking for ways, not even to make it better at the time, but make it so when things changed, for example, we were on top of it. Uh, easy example, uh, you, you, the United States adds zip codes every year. Hmm which I did not know. Me, me either. <laughs> and, um, you know, we had to come up with a, oh, whenever we, every X months, we need to check all the new zip codes and get them into the system so that the routing software can understand which warehouse to send it to. Otherwise, somebody's not getting their box. So there's a lot of that. Um, the company we use for the connect, NetSuite connector used to be FarApp and mm -hmm. Oracle NetSuite acquired them. Mm -hmm. And so we were on board with them very early. And a lot of the SFP and things that I was working on at the beginning was working with FarApp to help, you know, improve it, you know, make it more clear, find new custom fields that eventually made it to like the whole product. It was just we we helped them and they helped us kind of figure all this out real time. Yeah, yeah, it's always the stuff you don't think about. There's there's so many little things. There are the weirdest things, and they make the biggest difference sometimes. Yeah, and to, just to give our listeners a little bit of context, Mark, were you a pretty experienced guy with NetSuite before you came to Bird Rock? I was experienced. I would say it was a massive learning curve for me. Uh, I, the work I'd done before was with a software company and we were using the commission engine uh, for asset management and royalties. Totally different experience dealing with physical goods and order to cash this way. So I did have a, a high learning curve and honestly my first few months there were tough uh, mm -hmm. and they really backed me and kept my head up, you know, yeah, as yeah. like, yeah, we're, you know, we're here, we're here for you. We're going to help you do this. And you tell us what you need. And it's, it made it much easier to kind of learn, get caught up, see the differences, see how NetSuite had changed. It had been a number of years and everything just clicked. It just kept coming together more and more over time. Yeah, to see it, to, to use NetSuite on both the product side and the services side is, I think that's kind of unique. I can't imagine there's that many people that have, have been on both sides of it. So that's, I hadn't really thought about it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I um, I enjoyed it back then. I really like it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so digging into Bird Rock's use of NetSuite a bit more, you just mentioned the, the NetSuite connectors, and, and you have those for Amazon and Walmart, obviously, the, their marketplaces that you're selling on. Um, but why did it make sense to, to invest in those connectors? Well... The reason uh, we, we did them then is they were available. The reason we still do them is they're available and they work. Uh, <laughs> the integration is very tight. Uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where once you set it up, and I've talked about this with people before, you, you, you kind of want to set this up with a hard customer because if you get them working, all the other ones fall into place. So when we decided to bring Walmart Marketplace online, Amazon was already established in the system. It was mm, five custom fields and a little bit of logic, you know, and then some mapping to some specific things Walmart wanted. And that was it. We were ready to go. I mean, it was an incredibly easy process to bring on another connector and it just works. It's built in. <laughs> so 
you know, I, I mean, I have what, what I like to call administrative laziness. <laughs> I, I, I want to work only as hard as I have to to make everything work right because there's a lot of other things I have to work on later. So this is one of those situations where I am always watching to see what connectors are there and what's coming and what's going off the tech because it works. And that's one of the highest recommendations I can give for a technology. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could you describe a little bit what you would have to do if you didn't have the connector and what parts it automates? Sure. Um, I can describe it easily. We also have a lot of EDI customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use one of your partner companies, True Commerce. Uh, there are several good EDI partners out there. It's different uh, in the sense that you are working from a system to a partner company who then also translates to get it to NetSuite. And so it isn't the same smooth curve that the connector gives you because that's really integrated at kind of, you know, at real low level it just knows it. They're they're built to, they're built from the ground up together, so it's not a difficult process, but it's a, it's a more complicated process. Every customer's got their own EDI standards because it's been around a long time. So company X might be okay. We need this and this and this, and company the next company comes along and says, yeah, we need those, but we also need these other eighteen things. Okay, that means more mapping, more thought process, more back and forths. So it's actually not hard it's just time consuming and a lot of testing and with the connector because we've used it a long time and it's integrated and we've been doing it just has become easy for us and the connector is just for those b2c orders right and the edi would be your b2b stuff well yes that i think that's the best way of putting it yes i I know that edi is 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 a beast on its own and and has all its own nuances so it's huge Uh, there's so many things out there that do so many you know, so much of EDI we never see because it's for like shipping containers and truck transports. And you know, we just want to take some orders and get them to the people quick. Yeah, yeah. So you said the connector just works, and I agree. That's I mean, that's what it should do. It's it's one of those pieces of technology that just kind of, if it's working, you don't have to worry about it. Um, but I was trying to think about how it might benefit your customers and, and maybe improve your customer experience. Do you think that the connector helps you maybe get orders out the door faster, helps reduce errors, things like that that can ultimately impact your customers? I would, I would definitely say yes. It's not even a qualified yes, but it's always a little bit deeper than that. Uh, the, advantage, the advantage is when any software, somebody's going to do something weird. It might not even be the connector or Oracle or us. Maybe, um, maybe Walmart's changed field or Amazon has. It's just part of the business process. Not a big deal, but sometimes it's, we have to go back and go, wait a minute, orders are weird suddenly. And we, you know, we load up the dashboard, we look, and we see, oh, they're getting hung up because of an X. Oh, well, we just go to mapping, and we just change the X to a Z, because now it's a Z, <laughs> and then it works again. So there can be those weird little quirks. The nice thing is when you've got a good tool or a partner with a good tool, you can usually get right in and see it. And, you know, EDI, you can go and see if things are stuck, and usually you can see little red Xs and go and open it and kind of see what might be broken. But you can't change a lot. With the connector, we can go in and see, oh, it's missing this one thing. We, cha- we can change the mapping right away, and we're back up and running. Um, do, you, do you have plans to add any additional connectors in the near future, or, or are there maybe places where <laughs> you would like a connector to be available because it's a channel that, that's important to BirdRock? I don't know. We're on an open channel. What are you guys going to be launching? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like I say, I'm always looking. Because, again, administrative laziness, but it's if there's something out there, if, if a new one comes out and it, it looks good, yeah, we'll definitely take a look at it. 
you know, we, I never know what business necessarily we're going to do. I've gotten, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the sales guys come and say, hey, we're setting up um, hardware stores. We're Lowe's and Home Depot or some we brought online relatively recently. It's like, oh, we are. <laughs> and when are we bringing those on? It was in three weeks. I'm like, mm, <laughs> are we? <laughs> but, you know, so they probably have some ideas and, you know, they're going out and they're looking for new partners and things. Sure. So, if yeah, if, if something pops up and the connector's there, yeah, we're going to look at it, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not. You're not going to tell me who the new connect, any new connectors coming I, yet, huh? I wish I knew. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another product I wanted to ask about is NetSuite Analytics Warehouse, which I, I think you added a little bit more recently than some of the other mm-hmm. stuff we've we've talked about here. First off, just what kind of sold you on on adding that module and making that investment? Oh wow, this that's a, that's a loaded question. So. Uh, I had seen I had seen the product a while back, uh, back uh, kind of in the beta days, and honestly, I, I felt it wasn't quite ready, and it wasn't ready for us for sure. I, and I know it, somebody pointed out to me, you have some weird requirements for your customizations. Like, yes, yes, we do. We're this kind of company. We do these things, and there's a lot of others walking the floor of the same issues. What really sold me was we needed to advance beyond what we could kind of pull in NetSuite data just with, with safe searches, mm-hmm. what we could get out of Suite Analytics even, we had to start looking both at third-party par- third data, which would be like our Amazon data for things like advertising costs and traffic, but also we had to be able to see this all this massive amounts of data in new ways because when you've got you know, a million transactions, a million sales a year over six, seven years, you can get lost in the data. So we, we knew we needed something, and we had poked around with some of the um, kind of standalone products and things and decided we really needed to go, go big. And so I started researching, um, honestly, I started researching Oracle Analytics, hmm. as this could be a really neat technology. And I called up our rep, and I said, hey, you know, what would it take to get a connector to this? He says, well, why don't we show you NSAW again? And that's what Analytics for us. It's made a lot of stuff. So like, All right, fine. And he showed it to me. I went, oh, my God, that's built on Oracle Analytics. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah. Yeah. I said, well, why didn't you start with that? <laughs> Let's do a demo. <laughs> and uh, next thing I know, we're just rolling towards a contract. It, it was just exactly all the pieces of all the research I'd done all of a sudden came together. It's like, wait, but you already have all that ready for me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was really kind of a, a, an eye-opening and fun moment of, I know I said I wasn't going to get this, and I just bought this, so... I can admit when I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, things change, right? And, 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 and it is. Improve, it, it, so. it has improved an awful yeah. lot. I yeah. mean, I looked at some of my old notes. I was like, oh, yeah, they, wow, all those things. They're, they're here now. That's great. And digging into NSAW a little bit more, what, what kind of data sources do you link there outside of NetSuite, obviously? And, and what information maybe? You know, what specific mm-hmm. types of information do you really pay attention to? Um, in well, a, well in the NSAW? big question um, that we, we had to answer, and there are going to be a lot of other questions that we answer over the next year or so as we build more and more into it, was the, the, the biggest question of all, are we making money? It's, it's something we, we thought we, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, I know, I've got money coming in and this much going out and all. But when you get into e-commerce, especially someone like Amazon, you're dealing with a whole other set of rules because, well, we can calculate our gross margin internally, you know, with shipment costs and things. Advertising isn't internal. That's not inside of NetSuite. So we work very hard now to import data uh, through third party. We have a third party provider, um, DataHawk. And they aggregate all this Amazon advertising and traffic. So we have all our costs, and we import that in to NetSuite Analytics Warehouse. And when we blend that with the sales data we've got, we got some interesting numbers. Like, we're 
that product isn't making money all of a sudden. Like we're, so it gave us a real opportunity to take a step back and go, okay, what do we, what do we adjust? Do we pull back advertising? More targeted advertising became a mm-hmm. big thing. Um, you can advertise smarter. Um, some advertising dollars we changed, some products we have probably, uh, some products I'm sure are gonna get sunsetted, you know, because it's just, it's hard. Uh, if you if you bought on Amazon, you know. If it, you, how often do you go to the second or third page on the search results, you know, to find the product if, it's just if like they're Google, all there? Like right, almost never. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a big thing for companies like ours. Yeah. And I, I read an article that said a lot of people get to the end of the year and realize, oh, that advertising cost killed us. Mm-hmm. So we we're like, no, we want that real time. We want to know exactly how. How are we? How did we do yesterday? How did we do over the last week compared to the week before, and things like that? And we can see those up and down trends now, just so fast. NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system, is everything you need to grow all in one place. Financials, inventory, HR, and more make better decisions faster, so you can do more and spend less. See how at netsuite.com/pod. Have there been things that surprised you where you thought something was, oh, yeah, we should absolutely, like, this is one of our best products, and then it's, you know, the actual numbers surprise you? Fortunately, most of the best products didn't have any major surprises because okay. it's kind of the 80-20 rule, I think. Yeah, sure. They really have an eye on those. We did have a couple, though, that we were like, oh, yeah, that's that's thin. That That's much thinner than we want it to be. What are we going to do about that? You know, I'm... I'm not on the marketing side. That is another form of magic to me. <laughs> but I did hear a few, oh, Mark? And I said, yeah. He goes, is your, are your numbers right? <laughs> My math is right. What numbers did you put in? <laughs> and they, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that that is right. And so it, it, it's given us over the past several months this tool that just lets us, you know, the sales meetings are much more interesting now because they have real this is my category and this is how it's doing and it's down 2.3%, but we sold more with advertising and less without it. So, you know, some really interesting stuff has come out of it that we've never had the opportunity to do before. And is it generally the advertising costs and and how much those can vary that tend to put pressure on the margins? Right now, it's probably the driving one because we have a custom, we built a custom costing system. We built a custom costing system internally and what that does is take all of our data from containers on ships to UPS rates to tariffs and puts it together. So we had a pretty good idea of our gross margin. So we had a pretty good rule of thumb of our products doing well. This just added this external data for real where they don't have to manually try and align it all up so they could get you know down to an individual item. But also on Amazon, you had advertised by categories. You might mm-hmm. advertise off you know, you know kitchen knives not in individual kitchen knives. So they can, they can now group it together and kind of get a look at the whole thing and then drop down to the items and see, well, these are benefiting from it and these aren't. So Mark, one thing that I'm sure you were aware of, but not everyone might be aware of, is kind of the differences between the native reporting capabilities in NetSuite and NSAW. Could you explain from your point of view, like what's the difference there? What do you get with NSAW that you didn't have with, with NetSuite? Proper? Oh, wow. Yeah, this is, this is an easy one. So... Uh, in NetSuite proper, there's kind of two levels. You've got safe searches and you've got uh, analytics, Suite analytics. Safe searches are you know, the building block. Analytics does it a bit faster. You can get some a few graphs and things, and you can do pivot tables and such. And that's nice as well. What I didn't realize was that jumping over to NetSuite analytics warehouse was going to give me in the just sheer number of visualizations and the speed 
I mean, it's it, it's an order of magnitude of difference. I can pull in six years of sales orders and drill down and drill down and drill down just with dragging and placing some filters in and it's just immediately the data is appearing on the screen in front of me and it's a wonderful feeling to be able to see everything happening in just seconds. You talked about how it helps you evaluate product costs and profit margins. Are there any other areas where you've seen a lot of value in terms of the, the insights, the reports you've been able to, to get out of an SAW? I actually made a really fun tool, a workbook dashboard, for our objects in motion. That's kind of what I call it. So it looks at all of our inbound shipments and containers coming in overseas. And it also looks at all of our transfer orders. And it shows a calendar looking forward to each warehouse of when they should be expecting how much stuff, whether it's, you know, this many, this many items and also how much space it's going to take up in the warehouse. We keep it, we, it's a very important number for us to keep an eye on, especially with the holidays coming up to be, be sure that we aren't getting to the point where we're going to overfill the warehouses. So you can look forward and sort it down with just a, a few simple clicks and see exactly, well, on the, you know, on the 25th, we're going to be receiving three containers and it's going to fill up this many cubic meters of space on the shelves. And it was a really fun tool to build because the first time I got to like look forward without using forecasting features, I kind of got to build it on my own. But it's been very useful. Another product I wanted to ask about moving away from NSAW a little bit is, is Sweet Commerce. So you had four e-commerce sites, and then I think you consolidated them all onto Sweet Commerce. Why did that that kind of make sense to to, to do that? Oh my. You ever tried to run four disparate e-commerce sites? <laughs> uh, somewhere on, I think, Wix and somewhere on other things. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we decided to unite everything under Bird Rock Home. We, had, we have other brands. We have um, Sophie and Sam as our lap desks. We have Internet's Best was our, a lot of our kitchen um, items. We have Bird Rock Home, of course, and we had... Um, we have Snowmover, M-O-O-V-E-R, like a okay. cow. That's our that's our snow scrapers and brushes. And we had Stadium Boss which for uh, seating that you could use in stadiums and outdoors and things. So we united those all under Bird Rock Home, brought them together. And instead of having uh, somebody go and download a bunch of orders as a CSV and then manually put them into NetSuite, they just all come into NetSuite. And it's been great as far as the tech, you know, I'm, I'm the technology guy. This is fantastic. It comes in and it works. If we want to make a change, we make a change. It's instantly there. If we ever need to kind of clear something out, we can do a refresh. We call the refresh. By the time the page reloads, it's usually done. <laughs> so it's a really easy system to kind of get going on a, a, a website, a, a, an e-commerce site, because it's just, everything's all there. It's all ready to be connected. And I'm not, as I've mentioned, into marketing or any of the visualization type of things around that, but it's easy enough with the tools that our, you know, our store manager who handles e-commerce and some other things, she can go in and make changes to the site. Our product team can go and make changes, reshape things and do it all. And I don't have to go and write HTML code or anything. So it's been a really great step for us to be able to unite everything and learn more about e-commerce that way for ourselves, that is. Did you ever consider using a, a different vendor for your e, your e-commerce site, or were the the benefits clear enough with Sweet Commerce in terms of your own site that you said want well, to stick with that? We had conversations. The general rule we have is if there's a native solution, we we always try to put that first. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's start there. Then we go to the partners, uh, find partner companies. Uh, then we go to ourselves. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. There's no reason to. If there's something that nobody really provides that's really custom for us, then I get my hands dirty and get to build things, which, granted, I really like doing. But our preference is always to start with a native solution because 
we know it's going to work. Mm -hmm. As long as it meets our needs, it, it becomes a viable choice. As we think about NetSuite and kind of how all this stuff has, has worked together to help you, um, how has it how's it drove efficiency in the business and maybe helped you get orders out the door faster and keep shipping costs down, things like that? How does it help with those, those big picture goals and, and priorities? We know what's happening as it's happening. I mean, that's probably the simplest answer I can give you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, safe searches are great for just kind of what's going on at any moment, but customization around those where I can create ones that become reminders on the dashboards or email out if something seems weird is a really good way to just kind of stay on top of it without having to be always looking at the screens. We have some reminder systems that if the number is ever zero, we have a problem. And if the number is ever zero for more than an hour, all of us get an email. You know, because we know something has broken because we're not getting orders in to this, this particular system. And it's a great way to just not lose sleep, <laughs> I guess. So as far as efficiency, it's, it's everything from stopping manual uploads of CSVs or typing them in, which we used to do, to being able to set automatic fulfillments to run on certain days, invoicing to only run on days when the banks are open so that we're you know, staying current with accounting. It, it's allowed us just to become a, a more streamlined, automated operational company, which then lets us devote more time to growing the business, figuring out opportunities, you know, spending time doing the things to be you know, better at what the company is really there to do. One last NetSuite product I'll ask you about is our Learning Cloud Support Pass or, or License, LCS, as, as we call it. You've used it for, I think, several years now. Mm -hmm. How would you say that LCS and that license is, has helped you realize the full value of NetSuite? Yeah, um, I am. I'm a fan of LCS. I think the best way to put it is um, when I want to learn more and I'm a knowledge hound. I love learning, even if it's something I'm not going to get to use full time in my job. But it's the kind of thing that I really just like, you know, getting more information on. And I'd taken some courses and then COVID hit. And I worked at home for a year. Mm -hmm. And every day of the week is the same day of the week at some point. Yeah. It does, Saturdays, I have no idea what the difference is between a Saturday and a Monday. And so I started taking courses and I started with simple things like some safe search stuff, which I knew how to do, but just to see if I could learn. And, and then I moved to workflows and then I moved to analytics and then I, then I moved to sweet script and I was like, I can learn this. And I learned how to write sweet script and I learned how to use sweet QL, which if you're looking at NSAW, sweet QL is a great course to take because it's not long. And even if you're not going to write any SQL, you kind of go, Oh, that's how NetSuite thinks with data. Mm -hmm. It's looking, that's what that term means and all that. You don't even have to like dive in and become an expert. It's just, you learn the lingo and you learn kind of how it all works. So I've had a blast with, um, with LCS and even of course, getting back to work, it's the kind of thing I still try to, you know, find ones that are interesting and at least cue them up. And it's really been a great tool for me. And even taking things that I already knew how to do really helped me, you know, just keep it clear in my mind and, you know, reinforce what I did know and kind of tweak what I, oh, I could, I can use, I can do that better. Yeah. I think sometimes you know how to do things, but you don't really know why they're working that way mm -hmm. or, or if what you do know be applicable to a slightly different situation because oh, yeah. you welcome don't to, Welcome to IT, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and earlier you were talking about this, this learning curve, right? When you came to Bird Rock, cause you'd only use NetSuite as services companies. Do, do you feel like it helped you overcome that, that learning curve? Well, we didn't too? have it back then. Um, so I was 
I was not thrown to the wolves. I was walked around the wolves um, several times. But once uh, I got it for myself for that first year, now, of course, it's company-wide, uh-huh. it, uh, it really was something that's like, well, if we're going to have this, I'm going to use it. I highly recommend it. You know, maybe you know, not nobody else in the company really uses it much. You know, they're busy. They have jobs. Sure. They hire me to do the NetSuite stuff. But some have. Some have taken a few courses and kind of gotten some information. And there's courses or short courses, I think, now that are aimed more at how to solve specific tasks, how to do things in AP, for example, stuff that I will never need or take. But if somebody wants to kind of see just how NetSuite works in a certain area, I've kind of pointed them towards some things to say, you can kind of wrap this up and, you know, Spend 20 minutes a day, half an hour a day on it for a week, and you're done, and mm-hmm. you might, it might help. So, yeah, been a great tool. Awesome. And as we, we start to finish up here, uh, I want to ask you kind of a, a bigger picture question. So mm. last 12, 18 months, a lot of talk about reducing costs, increasing profitability. People aren't just, you know, throwing money at things and hoping it works out anymore. Um, and I assume that's, <laughs> that's, you know, stretched into your company, a lot of different companies. How do you think it helps you deliver on those those kind of big picture goals of so making the, sure we're running a Those know, big a picture business? goals uh, have not changed for us at all. It's sure, always been sure. that way for yeah. us. Um, we are we're a small business who does you know big things mm-hmm. is kind of how I like to think about us. So we are very careful with how we spend money, but we also spend money when we know we have to. And that kind of attitude makes us really think about it instead of just, oh, that, that looks neat or, oh, we need that. Right. It's, it's a discussion. And it's like, you know, some of those discussions can get, quote, unquote, expensive. You know, yeah, some, you know, it's like we, we really do need to invest in that. And that is going to be a major cash outlay for us. But we've thought about it. We've worked through it. And we've said, yeah, we need this to grow. And so we aren't in the, any sort of change. It's the way we've always done it. And I, I hear all this and I'm watching and I'm paying a lot of attention to what other people are doing because like, okay, good. We're doing it right. We've been doing it all yeah. along or oh, they're doing it a little differently. Hmm. Go talk to the boss. Make sure he knows that they're doing it differently. <laughs> so last, last thing I'll ask is, okay. you know, future looking question. It seems like Bird Rock, you guys are always trying to figure out what's next. I mean, you look at your product portfolio, your brands, it seems like a lot of those have been added over time as you try to figure out where should we be selling? What should we be selling? You know, what's going to kind of keep us relevant moving forward. So with that in mind, anything you could share about just kind of your future plans, priorities, things that you think are going to drive the business in the future? What I have been seeing is a lot of things related to what we see lifestyles doing, how lifestyles are changing. You know, when people kind of started entertaining again after COVID and brought people together, we started seeing a a big uptick in certain products that encourage people to be together, like things for outdoors on the lawn for parties, or uh, charcuterie, char- I can't pronounce the word, but uh, grazing boards, that's another term for it. Charcu- yeah, <laughs> what he said, uh, boards, but things where people could come together. And, you know, we work hard to make good things. You know, we don't kind of throw planks together and put some laminate on it. It's like, okay, we're going to get real wood and do this right. It's like, oh, good. You know, it makes me happy to, to work for a company like that. You know, that's like, we're, we're not here just to make the quick buck. You know, let's make something good, and the and the bucks will come, and that's worked for us. Yeah, I think that's so, that's the mentality that's going to keep you successful in the exactly. future. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I am. You know, I don't know exactly where we're going, and every time there's something new that I do get involved with, a new a new customer, a new uh, type of technology that w- is going to make it better, it just adds to the fun. And it's the one thing I can say, and this is kind of a, just on a personal note, I've had some great jobs in my life. But I really love going to work every day because I get to work on these really neat things with people who 
yeah, they do magic to me, <laughs> but they're really interesting people who really know what they're doing, and it's just been a blast. And it's hard to say, you know, when you know, going back to work, going back to the office, I'm I'm all on board for that. It's like I want to be around these folks. And I don't think I can give a higher endorsement, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think this is a great conversation, Mark, well, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Well, I'm happy to have done it, and um, thanks for uh, sharing your time with me today. One of my favorite parts of interviewing customers is hearing about the innovative ways they're leveraging NetSuite to uncover valuable insights into their businesses. Red Rock's use of NetSuite Analytics Warehouse to see how Amazon advertising dollars affect profits and its bigger picture strategy is a shining example of that. I can't wait to hear about what Mark and his team come up with next. A big thank you to Mark for joining us on this episode of the podcast. I also want to extend a thank you to our editing crew at Oracle and, as always, all of you for tuning in. If you want more episodes just like this one, make sure you subscribe to our channel and give us a rating and review. Thanks so much, and we'll talk soon. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.